Brightest audience in the country, welcome to Bob and Yurt Live. I'm the pastor of Denver Bible Church. So much to cover on today's show. I'm aching to talk about, well, really, it's a real science radio issue. The in physics, the two slit, the dual slit experiment, how light appears to be a wave and a particle. And when you observe it, it changes from a wave to a particle. We think that we have a really exciting observation to share with you guys. And so while this Friday we already promoted Fred Williams and I, the topic for this Friday's program, perhaps we will postpone the Measuring the Speed of Light program to talk again about the two-slit experiment. Boy, is it exciting! I'm trying hard to keep myself from launching into that discussion right now. But no, we won't do it. But for today, Colorado Right to Life received a very nice email from New Hampshire Right to Life. And they sent it to quite a few other Right to Life groups also. And Colorado Right to Life replied all. So I'd like to share that with you, a bit of inside baseball. And then the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, has tweeted his concern about this COVID vaccine. So I want to share with you his tweet. You've probably heard it already. Then, wow, this is so sickening. I don't even know how to report on this. I just can't take it how the homos and the trannies are targeting children And this public broadcasting station featured this pervert. And I don't even want to read the lyrics, but we'll have to add that to our big, ugly list of liberals supporting pedophiles. If you have not looked at that list, you can find it online at our website, kgov, like government, kgov.com slash pedophiles. The list is horrifying. You will know most of the names on the list, leading liberals, leftists, atheists, Hollywood celebrities, literally defending pedophiles, people who had sex with young children. Absolutely startling, shocking, horrific. So, but how do I report in this story when it turns my stomach to even just look at the lyrics or the text of these children's books that they're reading and the songs they're singing on these kids' programs? And then last spring, we predicted how many kids would end up being homeschooled because of the shutdown, that it would backfire in a big way. I think it was 200,000 kids we predicted, and the latest numbers out is that the public school enrollment nationwide has dropped 3%. That's dramatic. 
Now, it's mostly kindergarten and preschool. So a lot of those kids will probably end up, their parents will backslide and send their kids to the godless government schools. But a percentage of them will keep their kids out. Like we worked a booth. We were exhibitors at the Czech conference a few weeks ago, Christian Home Educators of Colorado. We had a booth for Colorado Right to Life. My son Dominic worked the booth. I was there. And the CRTL office staff. What a great time we had speaking to Christian homeschool parents in Colorado. We've done this for many years, and this Czech conference grew dramatically. You know, it had been shrinking annually because of the internet. Like there was a time when you would go to your state's annual homeschool convention to find out what curriculum is available and to hear speakers and all. But now with the internet and YouTube, you can hear every speaker you want to hear and you can look at every possible curriculum, curriculum supplement all online. So it wasn't surprising that the attendance was shrinking. Not anymore. What a major increase in attendance. And so this report that enrollment has dropped 3%, now that equals the equivalent of 1.5 million kids. So we can make another prediction here that sadly over time, probably more than two-thirds of those parents will end up taking what they think is the cheap way out put their kids in public school because it's free. What a joke that is. For one, often the price is the eternal soul of your child. That's often the price of a free public school education. And if your son or daughter graduates with their eternal soul intact, often the price still is the ruination of their earthly life because of the lies that they are surrounded with for 12, 13 years, and eventually they're broken down. Whatever truth and common sense and honor for God that they get from their parents or their church, it's awfully hard to counteract 13 years of propaganda and peer pressure. And you put that on a kid? Adults can't handle that. And you Christian parents who put that on your kid? You need to let God know that you know that you've been sinning by sending your kids to public school and then ask him for the courage to pull your kids out and homeschool them and stop sinning at the cost of your child's soul, your child's life. Just stop. And if you're a public school teacher trying to help kids there like undercover, like the French underground, well, that's awesome unless you support the occupation unless you support the government school system, then you are doing way more harm than good. If you are giving parents a false sense of security because you're there and they feel better about sending their kids to this government school, then you're doing more harm than good. So if you're there trying to help kids, well, praise God for that. But don't utterly destroy your influence by lying to parents and making them think that their kids are okay in the government school. They're not. 
It would have been like the Israelites in the Old Testament putting their kids on Philistine chariots and sending them to be educated by Goliath because Goliath was nothing compared to the NEA, the National Education Association. He was nothing compared to them. In fact, they've just voted right at their annual convention to teach critical race theory in every, was it in every grade? And of course, they've been promoting homos and trannies for years and get an abortion while you're at school. Your parents don't have to know anything about it. You can't get an aspirin, but an invasive surgical procedure, no problem, we'll schedule it for you. Don't tell your parents. And if an adult woman gets sexually harassed in the workplace, it can be a federal case, right? Literally, we used to joke and say it's a federal case. Today, it's literally a federal case all the time. But when you send your daughter to public school, you are basically asking for her to be systematically sexually harassed for every day, every month, every year she's in the government school system. It's systematic. If you go to the principal and say, these boys are making jokes about my daughter's body, about her performing sex acts, he's going to roll his eyes. He's going to think, how stupid are you as a parent to think there's anything that could be done with that? In fact, that's half the reason your daughter's here, to keep the boys coming so that we collect the $8,000 a year for each boy and each girl to be in a desk in the second week in September or whenever it is. The number of families we have heard from in the 30 years we've been broadcasting Bob and Aaron Live, we began on this station out of Denver, the 50,000 watt AM 670 KLTT back in May of 1991. It's been 30 years, five days a week, and the number is hundreds of families. And, you know, how do you keep track over all that time? It might be a thousand or two thousand families that have thanked us for warning them about the government schools and saying, Bob, we pulled our kids out. We've been homeschooling. We've now graduated our kids from homeschool. And we're so thankful. We're eternally grateful that you didn't pull any punches, that you warned us that we would be sinning against God and against our kids if we let our kids, if we sent our kids to government school. So we will also look at this report, 3% public school enrollment. Wow, a 3% drop. That is encouraging. It's tragic. It's not 100%. Matt Walsh was on Fox News last week on Tucker Carlson to talk about reforming the public schools. And that's always a mistake to try to reform the public schools. You might as well try to reform a house of ill repute. You might as well try to reform the Communist Party. But what was so wonderful about what Matt Walsh said was, first, I need to say, Tucker, the only kind of reform the public schools need is to be demolished with a wrecking ball. That's the kind of reform they need. But in the meantime, and he shouldn't have said that, that in the meantime, huge, it's a strategic mistake. It's probably even a moral mistake, certainly an ethical mistake 
to talk about how to reform the public schools. So now, what do they want? Their new kick after it was, for what, 20 years getting metal detectors installed in the entrances of the public schools. Now it's, we need cameras in the classrooms, right? So you might have Christians wasting their life for the next 20 years fighting to get cameras in the public schools, utterly wasting their lives when they should be fighting to the extent that they're going to focus on government education. The fight should be to get the kids out of the public schools, not to reform the schools in some way that are going to give the parents a false sense of security. Well, you know, it's not as bad as it used to be because it is as bad as it used to be. And you put the metal detectors, you put cameras in all the classrooms, and it will be as bad as it used to be. It is a false sense of security. It is false hope. And it's even worse than that it's a godless way of raising your children. It's worse than being godless because it's government schools. And government schools are so evil that even if they prayed and read from the Bible, it's still evil. So the thing that makes government schools evil is not that they're godless, it's that they're government. Because God never authorized government to educate our children, and to the extent the government does educate a family's kids, to that extent the family relinquishes their responsibility to the state, and that is damnable. And that will destroy a nation We've been saying this for 30 years. People before us have been saying it for 30 years. And the vast majority of the body of Christ has been willfully ignorant and like automatons sending their kids off in the morning on those large yellow vehicles, those prison transport vehicles, five days a week. But now the email that was sent to Colorado Right to Life just this morning. Wonderful email. I'll read this to you. The subject is, hello, 36 U.S. state right-to-life groups. So isn't that neat? This young board member in New Hampshire from New Hampshire Right to Life sent this out. And her name is Zindi. And she said she couldn't locate emails for the remaining 14 state Right to Life groups. New Hampshire Right to Life would love to have a Zoom call with each of you individually or in large groups to learn what you are doing because it's not easy being pro-life in New Hampshire. I'm sure that's true. Try being an abolitionist there. That'd be even harder, a lot harder. Just this summer, New Hampshire Senate legislators passed a 24-week late-term abortion ban. Now, I imagine Zindi thinks that's a good thing. It's tragic. She could read the article at AmericanRightToLife.org on regulations and why we should all oppose regulations. So she goes on explaining that 36% of New Hampshire is atheist or irreligious, And only 13% of the population is evangelical. Isn't that something compared to over half the population in 
Tennessee. Wow. And she says their state legislature is the largest in the country, second only to the U.S. Congress. They have in that little tiny state of New Hampshire, their House of Representatives has 400 seats. Is that insane? Now, the larger a committee gets, the less influence anyone on the committee has and the more you centralize power. That's why the Central Committee of a Communist Country can have hundreds of members because it's only the handful of leaders at the very top who actually have control. So 400 representatives, 24 state senators, that's insane, right? That's insane. How do you get anything reasonable done with committees of that size? The larger a committee, the more certain it will be evil. Just, you could take that to the bank. Jesus said the majority are evil. So our founding fathers thought, well, to counteract that, let's have hundreds of people in our House of Representatives. Let's have scores of people in our senator committee. And let's have a bunch of people on the U.S. Supreme Court. And let's have district courts and committees everywhere. And the more committees and the larger the committees, the more likely we'll have a good result. Does that make sense? When Jesus said that the majority are evil, that would tell someone who has wisdom that the larger the committee, the more certain it is to do evil. So look at our public universities the ones that are established to preach the gospel. And very quickly, within a few generations, they become evil. They become enemies of the gospel. So Zindi says, our pro-life group, that's New Hampshire Right to Life, has a board of 20 members. And we meet once a month for about two hours. And we use Robert's Rules of Order. Now, Robert's Rules of Order, that's another catastrophic strategical error. At Colorado Right to Life, in our bylaws, I think it says if anyone brings up Robert's Rules of Order, they get ejected from the meeting. Because Robert's Rules of Order is a guaranteed way to prioritize the influence of those who are political animals. The political animals who know hardly anything about or care nothing about morality in ultimate truth, they are experts at Robert's Rules of Order. Experts. And they could run circles around people who merely have walked with Jesus. People who merely know right from wrong, they don't have a prayer in a large committee run by Robert's Rules of Order. So these are insights that come somewhat with age, but mostly with studying God's Word and then forcing yourself to think about all important things from a biblical perspective. And she says it's really a a very nice outreach, wonderful email, but it is astounding how easy it is for people who care about right and wrong to have almost no concept of what a 
Christian worldview, a biblical Christian worldview would mean to their efforts and to their organization, to their procedures. So Zindi concludes, New Hampshire people are independent and they protect their freedoms fiercely. Actually, they don't, right? The first freedom is for life, the right to life, and they kill people. So a nation like, say, Germany that killed the Jews, you wouldn't describe them as a nation that fiercely protects their freedoms. No, tyrants who kill the innocent, that's a that's not a valid description. We're the live free or die state. That's their slogan. Really, they're the kill and be killed state. But she points out it's strongly Democrat, but sometimes they vote Republican. It's interesting. So please share what's working in your state. Email me back to set up a Zoom call with me and or the other New Hampshire Right to Life board members. God bless you all, and may his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Boy, what a wonderful prayer. And isn't that evidence that God's will is not done on earth, usually? That we pray for his will to be done on earth is evidence that that is not the norm. And those who believe that everything that happens does so by God's decree, they are reprimanded by Jesus teaching us how to pray. May God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how many times we see in the scriptures people do not follow God's will. In fact, we even read that the lawyers rejected God's will for them in that they were not baptized by John. And that's interesting because Calvinist theologians, they'll point to the different Greek words for God's will, and they'll say, bulamai, that is the strong decorative word. of that's the, that's the verb that describes God's decrees, God's decrees that cannot fail, that cannot be altered. And so it says right there, we read that the lawyers rejected God's bulomai, his strongest will for themselves in that they refused to be baptized. Something, huh? So Colorado Right to Life responded not only to Zindi at New Hampshire Right to Life just one hour ago, but also to the other 35 Right to Life groups. And I'd like to share with you the reply. New Hampshire, hello. It's so kind of you to reach out and hello to all of our brothers and sisters around the country. Zindi, you are young. She says she's a 33-year-old board member. She's the youngest on the New Hampshire Right to Life board. Zindi, you are young. Colorado Right to Life was 21 when you were born. We're the oldest Right to Life group in the nation, which only means that we've been failing the longest. We were incorporated even before National Right to Life, and in the same year that Governor Ronald Reagan signed a bill to decriminalize abortion in California. And then in parentheses, they became the third state 
after Mississippi in 1966, in Colorado in April 1967 to decriminalize abortion, with 19 states before Roe headed toward 50 states decriminalizing child killing. Isn't that something? So the problem really isn't Roe v. Wade. I mean, that's an evil problem. But the problem was way before that, and it's with the states. So I know there's an abolition effort, and its name is Free the States. But the weird thing is what? When you free the states, they kill children. So you have to constrain the states, and you have to constrain the federal government. You have to constrain the majority and the institutions that got established. They were all designed to constrain the individual, the family, The church and the government are all designed to constrain the individual. But as we reject God's authority principles, that authority flows downhill from God to the government, to the people, then the people have increasing authority and they do exactly what they want to do. And that's why the majority approved of Bill Clinton, because he was a lying fornicator And he made them feel good about themselves. So regardless of the fact that so many, even in the media, believed that he raped Juanita Broderick, so many Democrats, leftists, atheists, liberals, pro-aborts especially, they couldn't care less if he was an actual rapist. They couldn't care less. By the way, if you're interested in hearing Juanita Broderick tell her own story on this program, kgov.com slash Juanita. And we also interviewed Juanita's nurse, Norma Rogers, who found her sobbing and her lips swollen and bloody after Bill Clinton had raped her, torn her clothes. And they were Bill Clinton supporters until that day. So Colorado Right to Life's letter continues Since 2007, some have considered us the black sheep of the right-to-life community because we object to regulating murder and we oppose supporting laws and politicians who have exceptions. For an exception is a child intentionally killed. And because we advocate now for the government to abolish abortion by recognizing personhood. Out here in the West which means a lot of territory to cover, we've collected over half a million signatures of registered voters and made the statewide ballot three times. The yes vote on abolition grew to shrink our loss from Amendment 48's three-to-one defeat in 2008 to Amendment 62's 30% defeat in 2010 to, in 2014, 36% of Coloradans voting yes on our abolitionist personhood amendment 67, narrowing the loss from three to one to better than two to one. If you'd like to understand the moral principles and pragmatic insights that we see, and then there's three links to focus on the strategy video, the nine minute recording of a 2007 National Right to Life closed-door board meeting, and an abolition YouTube playlist 
It's actually put up on YouTube by Bob and Yurt Live. Again, thank you, Zindi, for reaching out in Christ. Donna Ballantyne for the Colorado Right to Life Board. Thank you, Donna, for sending that out. This is Bob Enyart. Hey, you visit Denver Bible Church. You're welcome to some Sunday morning. May God bless you. Have you heard of the Plot Manuscript? It's 330 pages, an overview of the entire Bible. People who have read it have said it's helped them understand and enjoy the Word of God. Hi, this is Bob Enyart. I wrote the plot years ago. We sell it at a money-back guarantee, $49.95 plus shipping and handling. And if you don't feel that you really understand the Bible now, we want to give you your money back. So go online to order it at kgov, kgov.com, or call us at 800-8-N-Y-A-R-T. That's 1-800-836-9278.